0: or connecting with people through Life Groups and Pocket Churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to LifeChurchGreenBay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message.
1: Thank you for that amazing introduction, Pastor Sean Hennessy, who is, by the way, the most handsome pastor in all of Wisconsin, in all of the United States. All of the world, the world, y'all, the world. Don't you love your pastors? Thank you, Life Church family, for allowing me to serve you this morning a heaping plate of Bible soup. It's going to be amazing today. And I want to continue our series with this thought worship versus worship. I know they sound similar, but they're not. And as we go deeper in the word of God, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, as we prepare today's message. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then the king sent together, together, the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the sheriffs, the counselors of all the provinces, to be gathered together under the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And then did the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the sheriffs, the sheriffs and all the pr- rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Whew, man, that's a lot of reading really fast, but we gotta get through this, and I want you to catch what's really valuable for you today. Then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the coronet, flute, harp, sack, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Wherefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the coronet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, all the people... Somebody right now, right where you are, say all the people. Mm -hmm. All the people, all the nations and all the languages fell down and worshiped this golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. This morning for just a moment, this afternoon for just a moment, and this evening for just a moment. No matter what time you're watching, I want to talk to you about your worship. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you. Thank you that together we get to glean revelation, information that changes us forever. And Lord, I pray that today would be an amazing day in the life of every single viewer. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you're watching right now online or you're streaming from one of many locations or in a pocket church Or if you're in the Brown County Correctional Facility, we want you to know that we love you. And we're glad that you're watching with us. If you're wondering, man, I want to keep up with this. um, Right there in the Bible app, we have the ability for you to follow along with us as we dive into the Word of God. Today, worship versus worship. Have you ever noticed that throughout time... There's always been some kind of deity and always some form of worship taking place. You know during this time in history we're studying today, the the, the people of Babylon, they were strange when it came to worship. In fact, as Deceitists, what they would do is every nation they conquered, they would adopt their kings and adopt their customs and adopt their gods so that they could embrace them in community. They believed that as you embraced others' culture and worship their gods, the people would be more amicable to this dominating force that was conquering all of humanity, they worship the gods of nearly every nation they killed. Here's some of the gods they worship. Check out how strange these are. They worship the sun god named Ra. Mm-hmm. They worship the river god from the Egyptians, Sobek. They worship the air goddess named Shu. That's right, Shu. Like, ha <laughs> I'm just kidding, that's not true. All right, they worship the sky goddess named Nut. I'm not even touching that one. They worshipped a cat god named Bastet. Hold up, stop, freeze. A cat god, Alan. hmm They worshipped a cat god. A meow. A cat. Can you imagine worshiping a cat? I can understand a dog. Dogs are godly. A cat? That's jacked up. They're too little. How do you even sing a song? I worship you. Meow. That's just weird. But you know what? The same attitude and the same spirit that was alive in Babylon. It's still happening today. People don't, you, you might say, well, we don't worship our pets, but think about it like this. We will spend, as the United States of America, we will spend $40 billion. That's $40,000 million pleasing our pets only. Just pleasing our pets. We're not talking about veterinary care or pet necessities. We're talking about the pet-pleasing product industry in our country alone, $40 billion. Dollars. Do you know they have everything for pets today? They even have pet funeral homes. Mm-hmm. And they told me I did some research. The average pet funeral costs two thousand dollars. <laughs> what? Pet funeral? When I was a kid, if your hamster, you know, kicked the bucket. We put the hamster in a shoebox, put it in the in the dirt in the backyard. We sing a couple songs and go play. $2,000, $40 billion spent pleasing our pets. That's all the toys and the snacks and the treats. I remember laying up awake one night and watching TV, and Larry Jones was on. You might remember the Feed the Children broadcast used to come on late at night on TV. And, and I watched this show, and they said, for $1 billion, we could end world hunger, that not one child would go hungry each day. It would only cost $1 billion. And we, in our one small landmass country, spend $40 just pleasing pets. You can't tell me that that worship mentality. uh, Worship is simply this. What are you focused on? And a worship mentality gets you focused on something. And whatever it is, if it's any dimensionally different than focusing on the things of God, then we find ourselves shifted from our divine and purposeful life. And whenever that happens, here's what you need to know. It only takes a 1% shift, as little as a 1% or 2% for a ship that is cruising across the ocean to never make its harbor or destination. Your life and my life will never make the destination it was intended to to, to produce, it was intended to achieve if we get our focus off of eternal things, spiritual things, godly things loving people things, and get them off onto something else. It's amazing how we'd rather adopt pets than children. Over 400,000 children waiting to be adopted in our country, and they struggle, and yet a pet it's statistically is only in a pound or only in a shelter for a matter of days before they're adopted. What other gods do they worship? They worship the earth god named Jeb. Oh man, don't we love the earth today? Man, we've got all these campaigns, save the spotted owl, save the sea turtle. And it's funny because I believe if a spotted owl or a sea turtle could talk, they'd say, save the people, save the children. But we've gotten so focused on the earth sometimes that we've forgotten about what really matters to God. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I care for my environment. We are stewards of the earth. But how much more has Jesus commanded us to care for one another? Mm. And finally, they worship the God of the dead. They worshiped a dead God. That's just weird. I mean, can you imagine trying to talk to a dead God? Like, what would that dead God say if you pray to him? Oh, dead God. Osiris, speak to me from beyond the grave. Like what would he say? Don't come here. Everybody's, they're dead. Like what's a dead God gonna do? But even today, people go to psychics and and mystics and they're trying to talk to the dead or talk to spirits beyond the grave. It's unbelievable. What's drunk uncle Bootsy gonna tell me now? Is he gonna tell me anything other than don't drink yourself to death? I mean, that's just weird. But I've come to tell you something. That while many of us have lost our focus and, and gotten off track, worship is a lifestyle choice. And we can choose at any moment that we're going to worship and entertain the things of God. It's not just songs, fa la 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 la. No, worship is a life a life well-lived, a life that says this, I'm going to live in such a way that people around me know that there's a God because I'm living in a way that shows it. Worship is a beautiful life deciding to follow after the principles, practice, and integrity of God. First John chapter two, verse 15, go there real quick. It says this, love not the world and neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and that lust that comes with it. But he or she that does the will of God shall live or abide forever. I've noticed something in my life. I, I started to fall in love with things instead of people, and fall in love with stuff instead of God. And it seems that that's what was happening thousands of years ago in Babylon. The king knew that all he had to do was erect a 90-foot-tall, nine-foot-wide, solid gold statue of himself. Get that, it was of himself, 90 foot tall, solid gold. Listen, historians and theologians, even archaeologists say that the amount of gold that was used to create that statue was six yellow school buses weight in gold. What was the, 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 the metal he used? Gold. I like gold. He used gold. You know why? Because he knew that, that it was way more attractive for people to bow down to his image if it was made of gold. Don't we today find ourselves bowing to gold? Some of us would say, you know what? I've got to work. I've got to take this job. I don't have time to to spend with my family on the broadcast or I don't have time to spend with my family at Life Church. I've got to work. Gold sometimes gets a hold of us, doesn't it? And it corrupts the integrity of the hierarchy of importance in our life. to, to the point where we'd rather work and fellowship and hang out with people who love us and love God. It's a mistake. I've made that mistake. It's a choice that we make daily. And if we choose properly, we'll find ourselves in an amazing, amazing place. Now, there were three young Hebrews who, when the king erected a 90-foot tall, nine-foot wide, solid gold statue of himself, and he said, if you don't worship it, I'm going to murder you. I'm going to put you in a fiery furnace, and you will surely die. There were three young Hebrews who did not do it, and you're going to hear their story right now. Let's go right back into the book of Daniel chapter 3. Here's what it says. And wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near, and they spake and accused the Jews, saying, they said, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sack, but sultry dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image which you have set up. And whoso falleth not down in worship should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who now have settled the affairs of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O God, do not regard thee, nor do they serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they they brought these three men before the king. Shadrach spake, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden images that I have made? Well, he said, if it be so, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sack, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that you fall down and worship the golden images that I have made? Well, but if not... I will cast thee the same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then he said this, y'all. He said, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? I read that and I said, oh no, he didn't. The king brings these three young men before him and says, you didn't worship my image. Listen, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna give you one more chance. And if you don't bow down, you're going to die. But look closer. Did you catch what I, I know you did? Because you're super smart. You caught what I caught. The king gave them another chance. Is that normal? Is that something kings do? Like if you directly disobey, did the king just go, hey, hey, I forgive you, do it again? No. Normally, that was immediate, immediate death. That was a death sentence immediately. But the king gave them another chance. It makes me think about com, uh, our communities today, our society today. And here's what happens. You'll get chance after chance after chance to do the wrong thing. Chance after chance after chance to compromise. Chance after chance after chance to let yourself, your family, your community down. My dad used to say it like this. He said, sin is the world's greatest girlfriend. She'll hang out as long as you entertain her and you give her what she wants. And she'll come back to you over and over again because she's always looking for one more chance. I want you to know That one more chance is nothing more than temptation. The king wanted them to give in to this idea of being like everybody else, huh? worshiping everything else except God. But they would not. They made up their mind and they told the king, clearly, we are not bowing. Now, what I love about this story is that it reminds me of the realities of our lives. If we live in a worship lifestyle, not worshiping the cool stuff or the cool things, but if we truly live a life of worship towards God, people around us are going to ask us why. I love that question. That's what the king was doing. He was saying, why? Why won't you worship this? Everyone else loves the 90-foot tall, 9-foot wide statue. Everyone else loves that I'm using all the instruments of all the nations I've conquered so that you'd feel comfortable in this compromise in culture. But they said, no, 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 you don't understand. But why? Do you know that people have asked you that this week? People have asked you that online. People have asked you that at work. Young people people have asked you that at school. Why do you go to church? Why don't you get drunk with us all the time? Hey, 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 why don't you help me cheat on that test? Hey, hey, you over here, why aren't you cheating on your husband or your spouse? Why are you living the way you're living? Why is this standard so important to you? My friends, when your godly lifestyle causes people around you to ask why, half the battle's already won. You see, a worship worship lifestyle provides an opportunity for us to share Jesus with our community. And when people ask you why, what I want to tell you to do is this. Everybody repeat after me. I will go zero to Jesus. That's it. When people ask you why, they say, listen, why do you do the things you do? There's things I do, and and, and they're not necessarily right, but the things you do, you seem to always choose the right path. Why? What you have to do is get Jesus out of your mouth as quickly as possible, because worship is not just a song. It's a life, and when that life is lived, it causes questions, and when the questions are asked, tell them the truth. Don't just be honest. I know that sounds like semantics, but it's not. Honesty is how I feel, okay? Maybe I don't feel good today. Maybe I'm kind of sick today. Maybe my my have heartburn. Maybe I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, whatever. That's honest. But the truth, the truth doesn't change. So when I tell the truth, when I go zero to Jesus, I'm getting the truth into their life as quickly as possible. Jesus said this in scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the light. You and I have to tell the truth as quickly as we can. Alan, why don't you do what I do? Hey, Bob, why don't you do what I do? Listen, Jesus has changed my life. I used to be a person that did this and this and this, but Jesus has encouraged me through Scripture, through hanging out with my fellow believers at Life Church, and, and streaming online in our pocket churches. I'm learning so much that's changing how I live. And my friends, when you lift up and share about Jesus, woo! Your whole world starts to be infected with the love of God because worshiping with a lifestyle provides opportunities for us to share Jesus with our community. Here's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did it right here in scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, sucker Oh, wait. <laughs> it does not say sucka in there. <laughs> That's like the ghetto translation. It says... If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They clearly dictated their allegiance was to the king of all kings and to the Lord of all lords of the land. They said, We're going to worship. We're going to focus. We're going to keep our direction on Christ, on the things of God. Wow. This is so good. But guess what? Be prepared that when you answer the why with the truth in love, it won't always be well-received. Not everyone's going to celebrate with you of your decision to follow after the things of God. Maybe family, maybe friends, maybe people you're uh, associated, they might reject you for now. But remember, people are worth our time. They're worth our heart. And they're worth some pain. They just are. Here's what took place. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury in the form of his visage or his countenance was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And therefore he commanded and spake that they heat the furnace that they were going to put him in one seven times hotter than it want to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Whew! Then these three men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and their other garments and were to be cast in the midst of the burning fire. But the flame of the fire killed the men who grabbed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. <laughs> that's funny. That's my cousin. I'm just kidding. That's, that's dumb. They fell down bound. Somebody say that word bound. Bound, bound, bound. You know, a lot of people are bound by how they view their world. You know, I crack jokes about, about race, race issues, and I crack jokes about personalities. Do you know why? Because I want us to understand that we're family. And in my family, we, we share openly. In my family, we love so big because we want everyone to know they're included, that they're matter, that they're important. People say to me, Alan, how do I, how, what do I call you? Do, do I call you this? Do I call you that? And I say, listen, just call me your brother. Because we're family. And as long as we're family, my jokes are family jokes. My silliness is crazy Uncle Alan uh, silliness. And the biblical truths are what really matters. Watch this. The scripture says that he threw them in the midst of the fire. And they fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was a or astonished and raised up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did we not cast, hold up, three men into the fire? They said, true, O king. He said, lo, I now see four men. Four. Hold on, this is getting good. And they're loose and they're walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. <laughs> This is so good. This is like the best action story ever, isn't it? The king has these great strong men grab these young rebels and throw them in the fire, but the fire consumes the guys who threw them in. And and instead of them throwing them, they fell. Bound into the fire. What was that word? Bound. Interesting. Bound. The king even said it. They said it four times. Bound, 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 bound. Bound they went in, but when the king looked into the fire, he saw them loose. He saw them walking. He said they don't look like they're hurt at all. And the fourth person in the fire looks like God, the son of God. Historians and theologians, we believe that that was the pre-incarnate. That was Jesus before he was born of a virgin. That was the angelic presence of Jesus in the fire with these young men. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Even if we get rejected by people because we're telling them the truth with love, Jesus will be with us in every trouble, in every problem, in every situation, in every issue we face. He won't leave us hanging because our worship brings a keen awareness to us of the presence of God. He is with us. And the the scripture even says this, that he's an ever-present help, or even more present in our times of trouble. Unlike some of my friends back in the day, when I tried to steal candy from the store, they were like, Pew, they were gone. I was eight years old. I got busted stealing bit of honey candy from the Amp grocery store. Boy, did I get a spanking. My mama delivered me from thieving. I, I probably would have been a kleptomaniac, but my mama spanked me and spanked kleptomania right out of me. Now I'm a giver. <laughs> but the reality is this. The reality is Jesus won't leave you when times get tough. That's when he's ever present. Our lifestyle of worship, it's a decision. Our lifestyle of worship, acknowledging God and all that we do, that lifestyle is also an opportunity to share Jesus with our community. This lifestyle of worship brings an awareness that Jesus is there. If you're ever hurting and don't feel alone, just start to sing a little bit. Just start to focus a little bit on God. Just start to live out your faith as much and as focused as you can, and you will discover Jesus is there. Worship helps us get our mind and our heart in alignment with the prismatic shift of spiritual dimension. And you and I will start to experience God in a whole new way. These young men experienced God in a whole new way. Jesus was with them in a fire. That's great. And my favorite part about the story is this. The Bible says they took them out of the fire. And when they brought them out of the fire, they saw men on whom the fire had no authority. Woo, that's good. It says this, their clothes weren't burnt. Their hair wasn't burnt. You know, you got to take care of that. It says this, the only thing that was burned were the things that had them bound. Wow. The only thing that was burned was the things that they bound them with. And when they came out of the fire, the world didn't see Jesus anymore. Nebuchadnezzar didn't see Jesus when they came out of the fire. All he saw were the three young men. Let me tell you something, man. Our friends and our neighbors, when we go through difficult seasons, they're wondering if this Jesus we serve is real. And when they'll see him in us and they'll see our worship is when we're going through a difficult time, but we don't quit. We don't give up. We keep pressing on. That's when they notice that our Jesus is more than just a fairy tale, that he is God and king of our life. Wow. And the things that bind and bound us, that caused us to stumble, will be the very things that are dissolved and will walk out of our troublesome situations in victory. I'm convinced, y'all, that Jesus is eternally uh, free. In other words, he's omnipresent. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. And I believe that for many of us, he's gone ahead of us to our greatest trouble moments in our life. And he's waiting for us there. And he's saying, everyone else is going to try and ditch you, but I'm here. I'm waiting for you to come into this season where things might not be as good as you thought they were going to be, but I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never turn my back on you. I won't trick you or dump you. I love you." That's who Jesus is. He's the one who's there. So when we worship Him, we can big worship, we can little worship. And I choose to live a life, don't you, that's going to please God to live a life that's gonna be an outreach to my community and to live a life that allows me to experience his presence, see God in everything. I love that when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of that fire, scripture says they didn't even smell like smoke. Mm. Can I speak a, a, a specific, almost a prophetic word to you? I believe, coming out of 2020, moving into 2021, all the things you and I are facing, all the troubles we're gonna face, that because of God in your life, there's gonna be people around you that walk by you and go, you don't even seem like you've been through anything. I can't even tell you've ever struggled. And you and I will say, well, look what God has done. We'll share our testimony and they'll believe too that God will help them as well. Can I pray for you? I believe that your relationship with God could get better right now. And if you're watching and you say, Alan, I want you to pray for me. All I want you to do is take your right hand and just put it over your heart. We're gonna say a prayer together. And then there's some great next steps we wanna share with you. If that's you, you say, Alan, I want my relationship with Jesus to begin or to begin again. Let's pray right now. Say this prayer with me. Put that hand on your your heart. Jesus, yes. Say, Say this, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me thank you for giving your life so i could have a new life i need your forgiveness to take away all sin make me new in jesus name amen father i pray for my friends as well that god you make us more aware of your presence by informing our decisions and inspiring our actions and speaking to our mind day in and day out to remember that you are to be our focus, that worship lifestyle, a focus where we live holy and share love and reach our world. Father, I pray that we wouldn't miss any opportunities this week, Lord, to go zero to Jesus and share a testimony of how good you've been to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Life Church, it's been a pleasure. God bless you.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.